So one of the things I find fascinating are the characteristics behind many different brands. Some of them are outgoing and energetic, some are a little bit more laid back. So in this podcast, we look to explore all the different characteristics, not only of the brand itself, its roots, its origins, but the people behind the brand. And is there a bit of a relationship between the characters of the people and the characters of the brand? So I hope you'll join me on Legends of the Brand. Hello and welcome to Legends of the Brand. And today we are speaking with Chris Best from Rosignol. Welcome, Chris. I thought it'd be kind of fun and interesting to chat to a few people like yourself, Chris Best, uh, because you are a bit of a legend of, of a brand, I think, within the Rosignol family. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Some people may disagree. <laughs> oh, I think we probably have a few stories which you can probably tell uh, uh, outside of the podcast and probably beg to differ. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, keep those. To but aside from that, why don't uh, could you why don't why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and uh, um, you know where you, how you got to working with Rosniel and um, yeah a bit of a backstory on yourself. Hey Phil, I was I was fifty this year. How long have we got on this? Oh my god, <laughs> are you really are you really that young? No, I didn't. I'm, I'm literally that young <laughs> this year. Yeah. Now for for me. Um, Skiing was a really uh, a thing that sort of found me. It wasn't something that had been part of the family or something that had been handed down to us. I was quite fortunate to grow up in the in the northeastern little village called Castleside, which um, we were very fortunate it was quite high up in the northern Pennines, about fourteen hundred feet. And back in the day, we were also very fortunate to get uh, lots of snow, and we could pretty much guarantee we'd have snow on the ground from November right the way through till probably April wow. time at least. Um, so that was that was really handy, and it was I, I was very fortunate in the sense that we had a a Scottish guy that looked after the local YMCA up there, a guy called Alex Forsyth. Uh, he was a bit of a legend, and he he basically you know came from a Scottish skiing background and brought you know came down to the northeast. So we had all of this snow, and what he decided to do with the YMCA is set up portable ski tours, which thankfully was about fifty yards mm-hmm. from my mum and dad's house. So I was able to literally ski out of my mum and dad's uh, garage <laughs> straight down the road and onto these portable wow. lifts. You know, we'd have these, we'd have these, uh, the slopes were floodlit. Uh, so I could ski from four o'clock till 11 o'clock at night. So it was really, it was really handy mm-hmm. for me, really right on my doorstep. It wasn't like I had a, uh, you know, the family had been involved in it for years and we were off on family ski trips. It was completely the opposite to that, you know, Snow was there, and it was just a great way of having a bit of fun in the winter time. Really. So um, that the the portable ski lifts that sounds uh, that sounds kind of cool. Could you walk me through that, or um, what, what do you mean by portable? Was it? Uh... Yeah, it was just it was road okay. poles. So um, they put up you know maybe five or six different sort of rope poles. They put snow fencing out, so it would really you know collect the snow and sort of make it last a mm-hmm. lot longer. It became really, really popular on on a weekend. We get up to three thousand people really? from all over the northeast. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was it was absolutely sort of you know hoaching with people. You know the local pubs used to make a roaring trade out of this for 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 dinners and Sunday lunches and stuff. And it it became really popular throughout the throughout the northeast. Wow. And then of course you know a lot of people have seen over the over the recent years. A lot of people always perceive that the only skiing that we have in in Great Britain is up in Scotland. Um, that's not quite strictly true we've got quite a lot of ski clubs again in the northeastern cumbria uh up in the northern pennines so 10 miles from where we lived we had uh, weedale ski club 
which has got its own but it's two button lifts one was 500 meters the other one was 600 meters back to back they've got their own piston machine up there as well um you know so i could go up there and we we would frequently ski till new year's day we'd have a a a midsummer's day barbecue and there'd be a gully that was almost a mile long and you'd be able to still ski on midsummer's day down through the gully and stuff it was incredible really really good memories as a kid from wow <laughs> i had i had no idea and is it um i mean you obviously the the climate change and all that sort of stuff you're not able to do that anymore or when was the last time you were able to to do that sort of skiing dare i say local skiing like that oh we we don't still oh, go, oh, yeah. you know so they yeah, 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 yeah. They've still got a really active membership up there. Um, it's brilliant. I think you can join now. I think it's £46 for a season. Now, the season can be quite varied, and you could maybe set off from Sunderland, and by the time you've got up to Weirdale, all the snow could have disappeared. But it's uh, it's a great club, uh, great members, uh, great sort of committee that looks after the place. But again, uh, you know, they can, they can average sort of 20, 25 days during the course of a season. That's incredible. I think because it's looked after, yeah, it's, it's looked after so well, you know, they really maintain the grass uh, and everything else. So you can get really hard frost up there and you'll still see people hooning around on the skis all over the place. But I've, I've had some great days up there, you know, really, really memorable days where we've had powder snow, blue skies, epic, epic memories as a kid, really. <laughs> I, n- I never thought you'd end up saying, not you, but uh, having powder days like that in uh, outside of Scotland and the UK skiing, that's that's really cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm just neat the Newcastle of all yeah. places. <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind, then, um, if you could if you could tell us about your your perfect day then of, of skiing, I mean, is it is it skiing locally like that or is it uh, waste deep powder? Is it is it carving up the turns i mean what, what what's what sort of what sort of day would be your perfect day outside i think for me that's it's a it's a difficult one but i think any day in the mountains for me is a good day you know i just it, it doesn't have to be blue sky and powder snow six feet of powder snow all over the place i just love the mountains i love that whole feeling the serenity of being in the mountains especially with your yeah. friends you know, family being out there, it's its just an amazing experience to be able to soak all of that in. It really is. I think, you know, being so close to nature and so close to something that, you know, it's just evolved into these massive, massive, you know, structures that we've got the ability to be able to slide down on a set of planks or on a, 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 some planks of wood. It's, it's an incredible sort of experience. It really is. And something that a lot of people who've never participated maybe in skiing don't really mm. maybe get that but as soon as that first person's been out into the mountains for the first time you know as well as anybody <laughs> phil they're bitten by the bug <laughs> you know and that's it they're they're there yeah. for life they're long 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 life to remember them i say i think well you and i obviously have a um, a lot of uh, history in terms of, of uh, things over the years but we also even before what we're doing today we obviously have a, a bit of a uh, separate background but both doing some teaching and uh you know you just i think i agree with you it's getting out there in the mountains and it's sharing that level of enjoyment it's sharing it, it's yeah. letting people giving people the tools to go out there and and, and explore and uh, i think uh, skiing and snow sports in general whether you ski or snowboard you know it's it's a it's an individual experience but it's still within the context of working with friends and and uh just uh, getting out there and just yeah, I think it helps put a lot of things back into perspective for sure. Yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, I 
as as you know, I, I taught full time from basically when I was 16 until I was 26. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, all, all over, you know, Italy, France, UK, dry ski slopes, everywhere. Um, and, you know, people would always say, oh, you want to go out and do the advanced lessons. And it was like, no, one of my most pleasurable experiences taking a, a first day beginner out on a set of skis because you can shape them. You can give them that joy of experience and sort of what the mountains and skiing skiing's all about. Mm. Uh, I totally agree with you. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a priceless, priceless thing. Yeah. Absolutely priceless thing because you can make or break their entire experience of what they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. Mm. So yeah, it's great fun, really good fun. We're blessed to be, you know, part of part of this industry, really for sure. Oh, totally, yeah, totally stoked about it. So uh, obviously, then um, with that in mind, I mean, obviously you're working for Rosignol as a brand. Have you always have you always uh, worked with them i mean how did they actually eventually you know where they started uh to do skis or anything like that or how how did you link up to work with rosignol and what were they what were they first of all doing well uh, for me um i've never worked for another brand so i've been involved with rosignol since i was a young kid that was basically uh Started off when I did a little bit of dry, dry ski slope racing, uh, realized I would never win the Olympics, um, moved into teaching, uh, and then got a bit of a, a tech rep job with Rosignol, uh, where I'd help them out doing a lot of promotional events, ski shows, trade shows. And then that evolved through the, through the um, you know, through that side of things until eventually I started working for them full time. Uh, that was when my wife, who I met whilst I was teaching skiing, told me I had to get a proper job. Uh, <laughs> <for> my, proper... <laughs> my, my proper job was then going to work for Rosignol. Nice. Um, as I say, I've been involved with a brand ever since, which you know, which is you cut me in two, and I literally bleed, bleed, bleed red, white, and blue, uh, or red, especially from the Rosignol side of things. But I think my my passion about the Rosignol brand is. Um, you know, it's it's one of the oldest brands out there. Now it was formed in 1907, so we're now you know the best part of a uh, 113, 114 years old, uh, and it is the oldest brand out there. Uh, it was set up by a guy, a guy actually called Abel Rosignol. Okay. Uh, Abel was a, a carpenter to start with, uh, and he was based in Voiron in in France. And I think the great thing is, 100, 114 years on, the factory is still in Voiron. Um, and he basically, he got approached by the military uh, to start making some skis for them so they could be, you know, doing what the Nor Norwegian armies were doing, sliding around in this really snowy conditions and moving around a lot faster. So that's how it started, really sort of innovation through this, uh, you know, development of skis. Um, and it, it, it's, it's a great, great story, as I say, massive history. Um, going back over over all that period and still based where it's where its roots were back in Waron in, in in France. And the but the uh, and the office the main office is in Grenoble, isn't it? Yeah, just outside. Yeah. So uh, Gren Grenoble's the the area, um, and Waron is a, a little village just sort of outside of outside of that. That's where the original factory was, where uh, mass production was in in the eighties. Vast majority of stuff came out of there, uh, and then now we've got a head headquarters in a little village called St. John de Morion. Mm -hmm. uh, you've, been, you've been out there. The headquarters is a beautiful, beautiful building mirrored uh, to the mountains behind, yeah. using a lot of natural materials. Uh, state of the art sort of showed the heritage of the brand with the race race uh, centre inside. Um, it's, got, it's got a ski lift it, on the inside as well. 
exactly yeah. yeah it's got it's got the uh so it, it's a it's a great and it's it's all about sort of keeping close to its roots and keeping close to its heritage that's the essence of the brand mm-hmm. for me really and uh, i mean it's kind of nice i think because there's obviously some founding principles that seem to keep going all the way through i mean when we had the chance to go there it, it seems like there's a lot of people are, are very hands-on and very um I say very uh, involved in the brand. Uh, I mean, as you, if I recall correctly, when you walk into the the, the main lobby, you know, there obviously the, the trophy cabinet's all there. And then in the background there, yeah. you have the, the race department where they're actually making, you can see the people making the product that's going to yeah. head out to the racers. And it's, that's, that's, it's really, pretty cool. that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I, I think for me, you know, that is, that's, that's Rosignol showing you it's hard mm-hmm. because that's, at the heart of the brand, you know, it was one of the first racing. Racing's really en- encapsulated in sort of the Rosignol sort of heritage. So that's letting you see right into the heart of Rosignol, where you can see all of the technicians in there. You can see them sort of, you can see Henrik Christofferson's sort of World Cup slalom skis <laughs> laid up against the glass window with his name written on. And you can see the guy working on it, da 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 da. It's really letting you be part of the brand. And again, I think that's a really cool thing that everybody can be part of you know as soon as they walk into the company that's what they're exposed to straight away like letting letting you see the beating lifeblood of what Rosignol's all about it's fantastic <laughs> uh, I was going to ask what makes you uh, what makes you proud to work for the company what makes you proud about it and is it is it the authenticity of it or what is it that really makes you get up in the morning kind of go i you know i can't wait to can't wait to go to uh can't wait to go to the office your office still being at home but when you get to go to the yeah. office <laughs> i think it's again it's it's being able to go into an environment where every single person regardless of what department they're working in shares the one sort of common passion which is the brand and it's I've experienced this from people that work from the brand, but right the way down, if, if we've been maybe at ski shows, you know, and we've been there chatting to sort of the general public and advising on what maybe be the right product. And then they come back and see us the following year and they'll say, oh, we got that, you know, we got that uh, Soul 7 ski, for instance. Wow, it was fantastic. Thanks for that. Or you've got the person that comes along and says, I've never used anything else apart from Rosignol skis. And I'm also often intrigued why somebody that's not involved directly has that same passion. But I think it's because it's a real family-friendly environment because it's been built on family mm-hmm. right the way from you know its early sort of 1907 roots. It shares that passion and that family principles right the way throughout all the time. So that for me is a really, really important thing. And it's certainly what gets me out of bed on the morning and excites me about the brand more than anything else. And uh, from, from your experience, obviously you say when you're working at home is is one thing, but heading to the office and and from your contact with the brand, there's uh, there's bound to be some, some traditions that, uh, that they have that kind of, (laughs) Uh, you know, tie everything together, or it's a bit, bit, of, uh, a bit, a bit of a, you know, uh, a point. Do you uh, anything that jumps to mind for you with with that? I, I think again, you've already experienced this one as well, Phil. Uh, with it being French, there's one certain tradition that they do on a daily basis, and that's stop at twelve o'clock <laughs> and have a very long lunch. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you've you've seen the restaurant in in the in the head office. It's an incredible, incredible facility mm. where everybody, the whole place shuts down. They all go, go up for lunch. They've got a chef in the place that will prepare all different different meals. They're sitting down. They're drinking wine. They're drinking. They're, 
it's a full full sort of lunch and it's where they sit and chat and it's it's a two hour two hour three hour lunch before they'll then maybe go out and have a run around very very exercise conscious mm -hmm. and stuff and then back to work um so yeah that's that's certainly one thing that we always look forward to when we go out <laughs> to the factory for sure that's uh yeah that's usually quite quite good so um <laughs> Okay, now imagine, imagine, uh, imagine your uh, uh, your brand, uh, Rosinal, is a person. Yeah. yeah. All right, and you uh, you go to a party. Yeah. Okay, so you're there, you're hanging out, you're having a good time. Yeah. Uh, and you, uh, how how would you describe Rosinal as as a person at a party? <laughs> is this the brand or me? Well, <laughs> we'll get to you in a second. <laughs> um, that's a good question. I think it's got to be a tiger, hasn't it? It's got to be a tiger. It's, uh, you know, it's it likes to sort of, you know, sneak around and then pounce and be right at the front of everything else. And I think, again, that's maybe a little bit, we're always being about the product. So we'll, you know, we'll sneak around and do a lot of research and then we go, bam, there's the product and literally whack it onto the market. But yeah, tiger, I'm going to go tiger. Sure. <laughs> so is that you at a party as well? That could be, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It could be. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Um, so, uh, as we uh, take a look at the, the season coming ahead, uh, obviously, they're, they're, uh, you know, fingers crossed it's going to be an, uh, a great snow year and everybody's going to be able to go and travel and, and spend lots of time in the mountains. Um, but, you know, there's a school of thought that uh, renting products is going to, uh, you know, renting skis and boots is going to save them time and money, people time and money. Uh, and that because there's no difference in the product, but um, wonder what your thoughts are on, on that. You working from the brand and having uh, quite a big footprint across the um, the Alps. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on renting product? Yeah, I think you know rental re rental has its place, but only only up to a certain point. Um, I think you know if you're maybe going away on your first uh, your first you know snow sports holiday, whether it be skiing, snowboarding, whatever that might be. Um, yeah, for sure you're gonna you're gonna maybe want to rent your snowboard or your skis, um, you know. But as soon as you get sort of deeper into it, and you've we've already said you develop that passion and the love for the love for the sport, I think it's really fairly critical that you start investing in your own equipment at that point. Boots for sure, you know. We know better than anybody. I think if I turned around and said to any any customer and said, "Listen, there's been a thousand set of feet in that one ski boot," mm. uh, you know, it's going to have them running into every single store. Uh, to get a set of ski boots mm -hmm. it's a comfort thing as well we know that that can make or break a holiday so the uk we've got an absolutely vast amount of knowledge you know in our stores when it comes to boot fitting and we're really critically acclaimed all over the world uh, for our boot fitting knowledge so you know i would encourage all members of the uh you know the skiing community you know first timers whatever it be to venture out into into stores and experience some of that knowledge we want comfortable good fitting sort of products that's that's the key critical thing it's going to make or break the holiday um you know after that when it comes to technical equipment like the actual skis or the snowboard side of things i think definitely owning your own skis it's a very personal item um it's maybe a little bit like a car you know you get into your own car, you know how it feels, it becomes part of your, you know, an extension of your body, you know exactly what mm. you can do with it. And a set of skis is a bit like that as well. You know, you're used to how they perform, you're used to how you have them serviced. 
So definitely one thing. I think the other thing, you know, we need to consider as well, you can go out, you can rent a set of skis. It might be 150 pounds for the week. Um, you can go out, you can buy a really good quality set of skis now for 350 pounds. They're going to last you five years, allow your technique to develop, you know, your confidence develop before you need to invest in something else. Sell them on for a hundred pounds and then uh, get another set. So, <laughs> you know, the one thing I'd always add as a little bit of a caveat to this as well is people sometimes buy on price and it's not necessarily the cheapest is always the best. Yeah, so I agree we, with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people, people will see things on like eBay or on the internet that don't necessarily understand the full complications that goes behind buying something over the internet, for instance. Um, you know, especially when it comes to a ski boot, a ski boot, you have to have that in-store experience from a, a qualified or recognized boot fitter uh, that can advise you on the right sort of, you know, route to take on that. If you buy a set of boots off the internet, you're going to be into a world of problems forevermore. If you're buying equipment like skis over the internet or off eBay or anything, again, we're then faced with all of the potential issues. Does the boot fit properly into the binding system? You know, if you adjust it to yourself, you're potentially setting your foot all sorts of injuries when you venture out onto the mountainside. So, you know, for me, it's always about getting into a, into a store, your local store, whether, whether you're based in the UK, definitely utilize the UK market, or if you're living abroad, utilize one of the stores over there, but seek out that knowledge that all of the, all of the store staff have. That's, that's a critical, critical thing for me. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's so many changes now with, uh, not changes, but the, the, uh, for those of us, I guess, in the industry, there's, uh, the, the difference in boot soles and binding interactions and yeah. everybody's trying to make it, uh, you know, work together on it, but there is, there's just so much, um, opportunity for things to wouldn't say go wrong but it's so much better to take that extra bit of time and get make sure that your 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 boots your findings are yeah work, yeah work well together yeah, i totally agree on that yeah, um not uh very good and then um i mean obviously with with working in all these different categories uh, people must think that uh you know you you have a pretty good job being a ski rep <laughs> Because, you, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I know from, from chatting with you as well, I mean, when I first got involved in this sort of thing, I, I probably had this concept that you go skiing all the time. But um, when, you go, when you go to a dinner party, do you have to dispel that myth? All, all of the time. You know, I think the common myth is that we work in the ski industry and what we do is we're out skiing every day and it's wonderful. Uh, what I do in my job is I spend all of my time talking about skiing and doing very little of it. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, as you know as well, when we're actually all out in the mountains and we're there and we've got all of the snow, I'm still talking about it, not necessarily doing it because we're maybe doing ski tests yeah. for our customers, anything else like that. Um, but hey, you know, if, you, if you're asking, you know... <sighs> Is it the best job in the world? For sure, because I'd, I'd sacrifice anything just to be standing in the mountains, mm -hmm. you know, experiencing that. Even better if I've got my skis on, but I'd, I'd still yeah. take it just to be standing there for sure. Yeah, it is the best job in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with your skis on, what, uh, with that in mind, what, uh, what is your favorite piece of equipment? I think I, I, think I, could, probably, I, think I could probably guess it, but, uh, I, you know, what would be your favorite pair of skis? 
it's hey, it's it's a tricky one. You know, I think and this is this is the thing. I'm I'm old school. So, you know, 20, 30 years ago it was easy. We had one set of skis, which was a set of slalom skis, was a set of GS skis, which were 210 centimeters or 203 centimeters long, and that was it. We used them for everything. Whether it be racing, whether it be skiing in the powder, the bumps, anything. I think the one thing that we have now is we've got so many different tools that can give us all of those fun sensations in all of the different sort of aspects of the mountain. So I think if, if I'm going out and I'm cruising around um, and I want a little bit of fun for myself, we do, we do a, a, a ski, which is it's called the Elite Plus, which is a, it's like a detuned race ski. Uh, it's a little bit wider underneath the foot. It's 78 millimeters under the foot. So it puts it almost like an all mountain ski but with a racy type punch to the flex. So mm -hmm. I love that because you can go out and you can zap around it. So, you know, Mach 2 all over the mountain on piece, but then it's still wide enough to take it at the very terrain off the side, or you can use it in the bumps. I love that. Um, but if you're talking about a powder day, um, you gotta be, you gotta be getting onto a set of black ops uh, for, for <laughs> sure all day long. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, and uh, in terms of your boot, do you, because uh, I, mean, I know for a, quite a while you had a, a fairly robust race boot. Do you still have quite a stiff boot or what, what sort of boot do you, what sort of flex are you in these days? Yeah, I'm, I'm still using, I still like to think I'm young and youthful and energetic. So I'm, I'm still using a, a 130 flex, 97 millimeter last race boot. Um, mm -hmm. So it's keeping me going at, the, at this moment in time, but I've got to be honest, I'm starting to experiment still with um, still with sort of a, a 130 flex. I do like that really stiffer, stiffer flex for myself, but mm -hmm. I'm getting much more into um, the likes of uh, a, a boot where we've got a, a walk, a walk sort of walk to ride or a, a, an access sort of clip on it where we can unhinge the cuff and it makes you walk and move around a little bit easier on that. So for our, from our range, as you know, it's, that's the old track. Mm -hmm. We're doing that in uh, an LT version now as well, which is a really lightweight sort of product. Uh, so they're ultra comfortable, but you're still getting that sort of performance from the boot as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah. with my old age, Comfort's comfort's getting a little bit further ahead of performance for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think once you referred to uh, the, the uh, that type of boot as a, a pub and pieced exactly. boot. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned the the black ops. I mean, that's a, a new range uh, for this upcoming season. Um. Is that what you're most excited about for the season ahead? Um. In terms of the products that you have coming along. Yeah, I, I think you know for for us, black ops has been an evolution. Um. You remember we brought out um, four, seven, eight years ago now. We uh, we brought out the Soul Seven range. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, what was the name of that ski? I can never remember. <laughs> no, it was um, yeah, what was it called again? <laughs> I think you know that was. I've said about innovation with Rosignol, and we we like to be remembered of innovative products that have come out and really shaped what's happened in the marketplace. So I mean, if I was really going back. I drag it back maybe 25, nearly 30 years ago, where we introduced the Bandit series of I said, I, I don't remember that. I wasn't <laughs> You're alive too then. young, too young. <laughs> the, 
the Bandit series of skis was almost the first collection that came out that were a, an all-mountain ski. We had three three skis in the range, and you had an X, a double X, or a triple X. And depending on where you used the mount, whether it was majority piece and a little bit of off-piste, you'd have the X. Or if you were all about off-piste, it was the triple X. And that really defined all-mountain skiing. Um, we bring that a little bit closer to home, and then the Soul 7... I think changed the way people thought about free ride or, you know, that free ride terminology with the soul seven, we brought free ride to the masses, you know, so it wasn't just targeted towards the 20 somethings that were going out and leaping off cliffs. We could put a 75 year old guy, lady, whoever it was onto a set of soul seven skis. And the versatility from this product was incredible. You know, they could ski on piste, they can ski on bulletproof ice. They could do short radius turns on this, but they could still ski it in the, you know, the deep snow. They could use it to go out in the helicopter. It was such a unique product, and it really took the marketplace by storm. And I think I'm fair to say it really became almost the benchmark product for everybody else to go, whoa, we got to, we got to, you know, this is, this is changing. So the whole story of free ride changed and moved dramatically. I think for us, that's where Black Ops has evolved, because what we want to do is we want to change the game again when it comes to free ride. And one of the strap lines that we're using now on free ride, it's not free riding. You're riding free. It's gone out and exploring that mountain, wherever it be, whether it be peace, whether it be off peace, whether it be in the bumps, whether it be in the trees, you're out there, you're riding free with your friends. It's a passion. And we want to give them the tools to sort of, you know, encapsulate all of that passion and for me that's black ops now you know we've got a range of products in there that people can you know pick out the certain sort of weapon of choice that they want and they can go out and they can have an absolute belter of the day on on on, on the mountainside for sure cool that sounds good <laughs> sign me up i'm, I'm happy to go <laughs> <You're skiing>. in. <laughs> um so as we uh, take a look at a, a few other things here if, if we were to obviously kind of highlight many of the, the innovations that you have the brands and uh, over the years and the history i mean uh if you were to if you were to give people uh a takeaway sentence or a phrase that encapsulates the the essence of, of rosignol what would that be I think I'd, I'd probably try and do it in two words. Uh, you know, I've used them a, a little bit in our chat so far. Uh, for me, it's got to be innovation and exploration uh, mm -hmm. has been the passion of the thing. But then I think I'd have to use, if you wanted it in a sentence form, um, our, our brand, brand story, brand logo, brand everything that you see at the moment is a, another best day. I can't take any... any <laughs> Any thanks for that, my surname being involved with that. But another best day. <laughs> another bestie day. Another bestie day. Another crisp best day. But yeah. another best day is the strap line of the business is whatever day it is you're having in the mountains, it's going to be a best day for sure. Um, you know, whether that's in a bike, on a bike, you know, in, in your, your running shoes, you know, whether you're trekking up the mountain with a backpack on in the summertime, it's all about just having another best day, you know, making the most of the mountainside, for sure. Uh, I can totally agree with that. <laughs> I think uh, a day in the mountains is definitely, it, it's, uh, it's good for the soul as yeah. well. Um, 
last two things as we kind of look to wrap wrap things up here. So uh, what do you want your legacy to be, your snow sport legacy to be? As uh, uh, not saying you're going anywhere, but uh, <laughs> yeah. how, would, how, uh, how, would, uh, how would you want people to remember you? Um, I'd, like to, I'd like to think that, you know, people, people would admire my honesty, my passion for the brand. Um, at the, which is which is all I've tried to you know where I'm I'm in a role where I, I try and sell skis for a living if you like but I don't want to sell skis I think what I want to try and do is I want to sell dreams and I want to sell aspirations of you know what people can actually experience going out there so selling I never really think of it as selling I, I think about you know just providing somebody with a a, a service and a good service at that uh, I think for me the the thing I've taken away is just the amount of friends, you know, the family, the experiences that we've all, you know, gathered together through snow sports is, is been incredible. And again, again, for me, every, every day in the mountains is a, is another best day, quite simply for sure. Cool. And, uh, and finally, um, who do you think is a legend of a brand and why? Uh, um, if I'm if I'm speaking from a Rosnell side of things, we've had so many legends involved with the brand in all sorts of levels, right right the way through. I think for me, one person that sort of exudes Rosignol, uh in terms of passion, character, uh, you know, charisma, everything else, certainly had to be Alberta Tomba. Uh, you know, for for him, he was he was one of my heroes for sure as a kid, sort of growing up watching him. His passion, Italian passion, his flair, his extroverted character. Um, I just, I love that. And I think he typifies the Rosnell brand of where it was with its racing and heritage and its, you know, really go-getting approach for sure. Um, I was lucky, I, I managed to have a night out with him uh, several, several moons ago. Uh, <laughs> wow, I, it must have been memorable. It was very memorable, yes, very memorable. Uh, and managed to have a ski with them as well. So uh, that was that was definitely a definitely a hero, definitely a legend of the brand for me for sure. Yeah, very cool. And uh, if people want to find out more about you or find out about the brand or anything like that or get in touch, how uh, how do they do that? What's the best? Yeah, way? Yeah, but they can hook me up on on Facebook. I'm there every every now and again, putting the odd comment out on Rosanol and other bits and pieces going on. Uh, if it's looking after, if it's looking for a Rosanol thing in particular. Uh, definitely head towards the Rosnol uh, com website. Uh, on there, you can find out all the information, latest videos, news, everything about the brand. Uh, but then, as well, you know, get into one of your local stores, one of your Snow and Rocks, any of your independent accounts out there as well. Uh, we've got a great representation of our product uh, in 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 the stores there. Uh, get out, ask the guys in store, find out a little bit more about what we do. Live the live the dream and live the passion. Brilliant, lovely. Well, Chris, thank you very much for your for your time, and uh, look forward to spending time with you again and uh, getting out on the slopes. Yeah, you take care, Phil. Great to chat, and we'll catch right. you soon, bud. All right, take care. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Hey, just before you head off, thank you very much for listening to Legends of the Brand. Feel free to drop us an email at legendsofthebrand at gmail.com. That's legends with an S of the brand at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to having you back here soon. Cheers.